0: Welcome back to Theory for Turntables, the TFT podcast. I'm Ryan, that's Matt. Hey, Matt, aloha means goodbye, and also hello. It's in how you inflect.
1: Hey, Ryan, what about the voice of Getty Lee? How did it get so high? I wonder if he speaks like an ordinary guy. But-
0: i know him, and he does oh hey, that's my fact checking cuz <laughs> and, and it's not just my fact checking cuz <laughs> it's rachel d tft punk correspondent um hey rachel uh you've been chosen as the extra in the movie adaptation of the sequel to your life
2: uh well you get the feeling like a fixture set in 1966
0: so guys, we are discussing, you may know this, you may have got this, because we hit a lot of the jams, um, especially the voice of Geddy Lee, which was my second lyric, and I had to I had to scramble real quick to get another great quotable lyric from uh, Pavement's Brighten the Corners. So it was not hard, um, because this is an album with many notable quotables. Um, this is Pavement's fourth album. Uh, it turned 20 this year. It was released on February 11th, 1997. Um, and it was it was Pavement's um, penultimate album um, that their last one would be uh, Terror Twilight that was released, uh, I think, 99 or 2000, which was right at the end of the 90s. Um, and so Pavement was a band that had been around throughout the 90s, um, kind of throughout the early 90s, was a kind of staple of the indie scene. Yeah, am just, as I'm, as just as existed, I'm just I'm just going to short
1: circuit this whole uh, line. They were an indie band they they well they were they were the indie band right sure they, they were in a
0: way right they were not just they were they were the banana republic of indie bands right um you know if if, if we talk about one of those concerns in those stories uh that that's an old classic tft story of the overhearing a guy in an olive garden in st louis saying telling his girlfriend that he's going to take her to the banana republic on fifth avenue in yep. new york right this is the indie band um in in some ways and that you know and it's a really interesting uh thing that they were you know as a lot of bands that were independent and in indie in a way became alternative bands right and became um you know, pop bands by another measure and, and dominated the airwaves, um, <clears throat> pavement remained stalwartly indie, uh, and, and the indie in this stretch of the nineties was often, uh, lo-fi kind of, um, slackery kind of, um, kind of, uh, you know, producing an album with, you know, 25 song fragments and relatively few singles, uh, as kind of Pavement's classic debut album, um, Slanted and Enchanted, uh, was. And there's like a number of bands that kind of worked in that uh, vein uh, Guided by Voices, um, Sebado is another. Um, but that I think part of why we chose uh, Bright in the Corners uh, as the time to engage with Pavement. Is uh, a well, we're we're hitting them on an anniversary, and it's a 20th anniversary of this album, and it's one where I think that the the a lot of these th- things that were characteristics of Pavement's earlier work, especially the kind of lyrical non sequiturs, um, the kind of um unusual, slightly unusual song structures or pieces of fragments, were melted to a bit more pop songwriting and 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 a bit more um kind of if it's indie it's it's indie pop or puppy indie and and that this is it makes this a really kind of a, a different kind of pavement listen it's it's my favorite favorite uh pavement record um and i think Rachel yours uh yours as well right
2: oh no yeah i i think this is definitely my favorite pavement record it's the one that kind of stuck unlike the other pavement records for me <laughs> um it, it to me it just i think the songs here are are very well done there's a kind of like uh I don't know I think there's something to be said for when you can appear to be like loose and chaotic but that's, like, a very, like, tightly done uh, thing that you're mm. you're putting out there, right? There's, like, loose, looseness that's well-constructed. I think it's, like, a pretty hard thing to pull off, and this album does that.
0: It's a well-groomed, shaggy dog, yes, right? Yeah, <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. Getting, like, those layers, like, the perfect layers and, like, that kind of messy haircut... Uh, it, it you know takes like a lot of razor work you know right
0: right exactly and uh, Matt was this uh, had you been hip to to brighten the corners for a while or was this what, your first occasion to I, dive into it
1: I was not I was not uh, I was not hip to this in the nineties like this was not a record that meant a lot to me as a teenager and uh, it's, it's no it's no Wycliffe Jean pre- uh, pre-
0: <laughs> presents the carnival featuring Refugee All Stars for
1: instance it's, it certainly is not uh, it it lacks. Many of the elements, including White <laughs> uh a carnival, and and, and any refugee all stars at all.
0: Hey, listen, and, when you brighten the corners, anything can happen. <laughs> what what say what say what? Anything can happen.
1: <laughs> right, dropping names like Getty Lee, anything can happen. But the uh, the uh, this just as I was listening to this, I just thought it was awesome. Like to me, this is the perfect. 90s indie record like it's hard to imagine both as um both as sort of both sort of politically indie you know both both uh, uh both instrumentally and uh intrinsically <laughs> right, right. indie right like and and the the um I don't know, the, the, it's just, it's just a delight, right? Like the things that, the sort of the shagginess of it, uh, exactly that, um, some of the things with, with sort of instrumentation, like a lot of the, uh, the aesthetically, it's not always a straight ahead rock and roll album, which is perfect, you know, cause it shouldn't be, there should be some sort of whimsical flights of fancy, you know, there should be <laughs> yeah. some like, you know, there should be some manic pixie dream guitar solos and, uh, and there should be, um, Oh, I don't know. A kind of a kind of like shrug of the shoulders with uh with yeah. a lot of it, which is not to say that it's uh which is not to say that it's it's um it's bad or it's sort of haphazardly put together. It's just that like it is content to be the thing it is. And that that is one of the things that I appreciate. Uh that's one of the things that I appreciate about it for for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we we
0: are a lot Well, great podcast accomplished. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, no, but we we came we came to analyze Bright in the Corner's not just to praise it. Um, but it gave us I think a lot to dig into. Um and and it was a a fun album to listen to. And so, um I recommend giving it a spin. Uh it's a it's a fun running album because a lot of things the the um the the more ballads and the kind of spacier songs often clocking at a mid tempo that's a pretty pretty good running pace and then the slightly more up-tempo um, speak sing songs um, give you a little more energy and push and it's, it's spaced out and sequenced really well um, and it, it pairs well if you're going on a longer run um, I think of the other pavement albums crooked rain crooked ring makes a good um, second um, uh, a good
1: second album for hitting the pavement uh, Wait, this is- uh, <laughs> Oh! oh, oh. But, uh, but I mean this record is 45 minutes long who in their right mind would run for longer than 45 minutes
0: whoever said that Rachel and I were in our right minds <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it's uh, yeah we, we I, I needed the double playlist for my short run today <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and, and let alone for our uh, the longer runs um, so yeah if you are but it's so it's good for if you're a moderate distance uh, runner, Runner, it works well for you, or if you are a Fugazian uh long distance runner, then pair it well with uh with, with Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain, um, or uh Wowie Zowie, the album that came before this is also uh pretty good. Um so give it a few spins um and then join us right back here to jo- uh, to discuss Bright in the Corners after this word from our commercial sponsors.
1: Hey, uh do you uh <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! This is a weird radio ad. <laughs> you headed on a on a vacation anytime soon? Yeah, I th- yeah. Bro. I mean, nothing's
0: on the calendar, but I, I have that time coming up. I have to use my uh, PTO at work.
1: <laughs> I know. Yeah, they do. They don't let you accrue that from year to year, huh? That's some bullshit. No. Yeah,
2: I know. Only California has a rule against that yeah. about letting anyway. But California is a good place to live for that reason. It
1: certainly is. And you know what else we have in California? No tan lines. Because we sunbathe in the nude. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, whatever, whatever you're doing, wherever you are right now, drop trowel. And, and just pull your shirt off, pull your top off. If you're wearing a, if you're wearing a dress, I don't care if it's, uh, if it's like a, an intricate series of clasps or, or it's hard to kind of reach around to get the, get the zipper. Get friends. Help your friends. Help your neighbors. Take off all of your clothes. If you want no tan lines, you have got, Oh God, that's an, that's a bonus track, isn't it? you gotta get naked you gotta get naked because uh after the end uh there is nothing nothing but nudity
0: well good uh all of this this nice even tan will be perfect for my date with ikea which is a song on the album
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we're back <laughs> Yeah, so this is the thing right so we talk about- i was not i was not prepared to do the commercial you'd think after however many 300 of these that the we'd be down we'd be down with the format but i uh i just pulled a uh track name off of the <laughs> listing in front of me without realizing that i had gone above the like the 12 tracks that are actually that are actually on the record
0: well, I, and pavement is is a rough one for this because um all of the albums were released um in the last re-released in the last few years um a- in these like extreme extended editions right so the um that matador records re-released the nicene credence edition in 2008 and that has two discs uh a total of 44 tracks jeez uh, And so, uh, outtakes, uh, B-sides, um, uh, live versions, radio performances, um, a compilation from the Tibetan Freedom Concert. Hey,
2: like, I never like these, like, extended reissues, because it's like, you know, if I wanted to be a fucking historian, I would be one. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, like, I don't, I don't need to hear, like, ooh, but look at, like, how this demo became the song. I like like no I I don't know it's like I like the song right it's I'm happy with the final product and how it came to me. I
0: mean it's, uh, it's it's it reminds me of I think it's what Patton Oswalt has that bit about hating the um the Star Wars prequels, right? It's like you don't want to see how the thing that you like um got made, made. Right? Yeah, like, no. uh, like it's just like you just want to see the thing like it's like no, we don't want to see Darth Vader as a little kid who has no powers, right? <laughs> um, and so we don't want to see kind of the like seven noodly demos that became, you know, that became came stereo, right? That, right. Like, uh, we wa- we wanted it when they came together. But I-, I do think that, I mean, it's that tension in part because of the lo-fi traditions of pavement. I mean, right, 44 tracks of, like, fragments and repetition is, like, a great Guided by Voices album.
1: Yeah, or like a like a, the, a Magnetic Fields album, just called 44 Tracks of Fragments and Repetitions.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's, it's a brilliant conversation concept albums, right? Um, and, but these uh, are
1: not just fragments. I'm like looking, I'm just scrolling on Spotify through this double uh, double CD kind of thing that they have here, and it's like three minutes, three minutes, five minutes, 517, three minutes, a minute. Okay, that's a fragment. 345, 349, 322, 259, 648. Like, these are not, these are like, uh, the, I don't know, these are unbound jams, is what these are. Right,
0: right, right. I guess right. So that the, rather than that, I mean, that, and that's an interesting. I mean, that's indicative of something about process, right? Because one way to make songs and, and the, is that the incipient things can be fragments that are, are kind of like small little bits that get like expanded, um, or like little drops of clay that, that get kind of uh, accumulated into a song. And another one is is more of the is is the sculptor, right? Is a you have blocks of marble that you chisel down and that these kind of early versions um that I, that are that are really long um seem to potentially be more in in that uh in that mode um and and so that's um that's that um you know i i have a question for you guys yeah. Um, oh uh, yeah wow yeah so uh this bright in the corners is it the first album of the early 2000s <laughs> Hmm.
1: i you know i don't know like to me <sighs> I mean uh, sh- uh I'm I'm going to have to go with a qualified yes and uh the qualification is no <laughs> <laughs> i mean actually no, well i you know i i actually my my listening sort of changed in the early 2000s and i did an extraordinarily mainstream phase with the the sort of first swedish invasion right mm-hmm. and that that so i i missed a lot of uh early early 2000s indie but i got, i guess i see i guess i see what you're getting at in terms of of some of the bands that that i became aware of later on in the uh later on in the decade but to me like this just i mean this just smells like the 90s right like someone so there's s- a lot of teen spirit on it yeah i mean it's like yeah it's like i this should be like uh delia's catalog or something like that should come with this record or i but, you know a, so a
0: does s- it does it does it in fact smell like teen spirit, spirit or does it smell like middle-aged man spirit
1: <laughs> No it is it smells yeah exactly it smells like look when in uh, in the 8th grade I had a cool English teacher who saw that I was bored by I don't know whatever the fuck a separate piece or uh, uh whatever I mean whatever shitty thing they were they like what what shitty thing do they do they make you read in in the 8th grade oh like the scarlet letter or some god awful shit like that and uh gave me Douglas Copeland's Generation X uh the uh, the book Generation X Tales for an Accelerated Culture which was sort of the second time that that phrase had come into the the mainstream the first being the Billy Idol band and And, um, and like, this is those, those people, that sensibility, like I was so taken with that sensibility. It's about, it's about a bunch of underemployed 20 somethings living in Palm Springs, like before Palm Springs was like a, a trendy, uh, you know, sort of resort during the, the kind of the long slack middle period of Palm Springs when it was just a kind of rundown cheap desert town. Um, but but, with a weird uh, because of the landscape, a weird kind of severe sublimity to it, and the uh, you know talking about the um, you know, lack of lack of good jobs and the you know, you know the stuff that every generation, as it comes of age uh, complains about, or the the you know what the reality bites uh, mm-hmm. is is another sort of perfect exemplar. Um, of, of this. And so it's not, I mean, it's not teen spirit in that it's, I feel like it's rebellion is exhausted, you know, um, and and that well, and just by way of context, right?
0: So that um, Steve Malkmus uh, is born in sixty six. So at the time of recording this album, he's thirty, right? right? Um, and so this is a kind of like passing from the twenties into the thirties kind of vibe, right?
1: And it doesn't. I mean, the band had had gained some recognition at this point, you know, and yeah. like it's not like they were they were making I don't know like Guns and Roses money or living that lifestyle, but it's you know it's like. Um, uh it's like they they were established like right like they they were a thing this wasn't like you know basement shows and it wasn't like uh um i don't know but uh, like a, a kind of obscurity uh and and a, a sort of rage that that goes with with the obscurity uh which is kind of like the the ouroboros of the obscurity cuz it's not it's not uh totally clear to me always whether the rage nurtures the obscurity or the obscurity nurtures the rage and like, which is the, you know, which is the point, but that the, um, right. So, so that there is a kind of like, Oh, okay. we, We, uh, this is all there is, right? Like, is that all there is? Yes. This is all there is, uh, sort of, sort of vibe to it. And for, for whatever reason, um, it, there's, there is a sense of, mm mm surplus right of being outside of the of being outside of the the metropole being outside of like the mainstream of economic activity but kind of having enough to coast by uh coast by on yeah um and and that like i think being from from Stockton right like outside of Sacramento outside of San Francisco i feel like that sort of bears on this a little bit it's uh, uh it's a, a city for sure but it's um you know it's a, a smaller city and it's it's kind of definitionally outside of the like where things are happening um Kind of stuff, but like there 's enough economic activity to keep to keep it afloat, and it 's not exactly uh, uh, it 's not exactly um, you know, triumphalist, but it's, there is a kind of, it doesn't have uh, a hopeless quality to the sort of resignation. They're, they're like, like I said before, it's sort of a, a, a shrug of the shoulders. And for me, maybe it's just because this is when I first encountered it, but this is a very kind of mid nineties, uh, pre dot com, you know, uh, like mid Clinton era, right? Sort of, yeah. uh, sort of attitude.
0: Well, and I guess I mean what's interesting about that, I guess is is and and what what I'm trying to kind of place in what I was getting. At, and the question is that I wonder if there isn't an era that kind of like stretches from about then. So kind of mid to late Clinton era um, to about 9/11 right <laughs> um, um, and you know it's I mean I, you know I guess it's not you know it's so' it's the it's like oval uh, Oval Office Beach to 9/11 basically yeah the um, st- I
1: was about to I was about to date it to the star report right right <laughs> re- released, re- released coincidentally because you you can actually do a uh, you can do a period of exact exact number of years uh, the star report released publicly September 11th, 1998. Right. So wow. a little, okay. a little after this, but like, so then you have, you know, a, a, this sort of three year period that we can call the, the sort of late, the late Clinton period, the end of the end of the end of history. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and then I think that that is where the seeds of this kind of, you know, because, because there's a lot that's spoken about kind of like, Early two thousands indie, and I, I think that the it was indie in this kind of mostly late nineties, uh, early two thousands period, and then in the kind of late early two thousands, so kind of two thousand one to like you know through through the bulk of the aughts is where you get the mainstreaming of um, of indie, right, and really the popping of indie, and so that that but I think that this is and this you know this indie. This kind of '90s indie had been percolating for the, for a long time, and so I think, though, what is happening in a song in this kind of and I, I like that your your articulation of this sense of of surplus because it's not, you know, it's it's neither at this point striving to sell out nor is it kind of fugazi in, a, in fugazi style. Um, you know, rejecting that, uh, either it's, it's kind of existing and existing on its own terms. And that is this kind of right. That, that is this kind of, that itself is big. Be- uh, I think became, and and was like became throughout the '90s a marker of a kind of authenticity, um, and became the marker of the kind of authenticity that, defi- that defined kind of early 2000s indie, right? The, the, of of and and um and it's interesting because it coexisted with you know that around this time is a lot of some of the earliest kind of bubbling up of kind of um, you know second wave kind of indie emo and it's a kind of different type of stance um, you know bands like the uh, like the get up kids uh, braid and so on um, and so it's it's kind of just and, and it's and, and that was what I was into kind of at this time and shortly after it and and I remember uh, arriving at college in 2000 um, and someone and you're like oh you like indie music uh, here's pavement i'm like no this is an emo <laughs> um, <laughs> hard pass and and actually it was three years later in the late early 2000s the later early 2000s 2000, 2004 when i was starting graduate school that i was ready for um for pavement right this is this is grad school rock right um and i guess it was just is how, that like for me personally but i don't know there's something kind of grad schooly uh about it um i don't know rachel what are you think
2: it's interesting because i you know thinking about like it like kind of indiness uh in relation in relationship to itself or like like how 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 it like what it means i feel like i mean this is yeah this is like kind of like this is like indie rock from a time where like i guess it's still it like meant something in the sense that like Hmm. you know there was actually like there was more like um, I don't know it, it it you know there like it, it you know there was really not like streaming music or like you know I mean we had Napster
0: right. I was gonna say Napster I mean this is still pre right? yeah, Napster right But Napster is a thing that crops up in that Star Report to nine eleven era to nine right?
2: eleven era <laughs> that it crops up there and even then it's you know Napster is like kind of more like I don't know kind of like an organized pirating or something right like you still like file names were like not clear i mean certainly not like spotify right and sort of like as time wore on and like the industry went more and more towards like basically like basically like just the realization that the only way anyone would make money off of music is if they like put it in a commercial um that like, you know, the, you know, and then and the, like touring and stuff was mainly to sort of support, you know, touring and all those things like were also kind of a source of anger, right? But no one like really makes money off of like selling a record. um And so I feel like this is still like a record from a time in which like selling a record is still like a relevant metric, right? Or a relevant thing. um And it's funny because I still think there are like, in this new world of things like Spotify and stuff, I think those big, like, kind of institutional, like, um, funnel, like, these, these, like, like, kind of funnels and, and like, uh, certain people controlling, like, distribution and, like, uh, I guess, via, you know, commercial viability still exists. They're just, like, a lot more hard to kind of piece out in, like, a platform like Spotify or, like, other... The other kind of ways we now like uh, assess whether like a band is popular, like is, is out there, their music is out there. I think so. I don't know. It's just interesting to me thinking about like indiness, how like this is still indiness from when like indie meant like being on a label, right? Not being on a label.
0: Right. And right. Being on a, a, a small label. Being right. on a
2: small label as opposed to a big label. But yet this is an album on, like, I think a bigger label.
0: I think actually it was on Matador. I think I, miss, I, I, oh, I, I, I misled okay. you. Yeah, I, I misled so you. So this is art art.
2: on Matador. So yeah, so this is an indie album on an indie label. Um, when I think that still kind of meant something, uh, you know, where that was still kind of like it's well, like tied to a to an actual like idea.
0: I mean, another way of thinking about it is that, like... Part of what happens with the changes that you've been talking about is that not that necessarily that the indie labels get boosted but the major labels just get like chopped off at the knees right they get they they get kind of chopped off so much <laughs> that, the, that the differences start stop being as salient right? Right, right um and so the indie labels were able to be adaptable because it's not that that you know the 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 lowering tide the receding tide did not sink all boats uh, in the right. same way right it's that um the the large the large cruise ships of the major labels were left high and dry where the little indie tugboats were able to like um move around in the uh in the in the waters that were left right um and so that that i think that that is because i you know matador now it's interesting to think about because i i there are some people who probably would not, I mean, you know, matter is still a super well-respected um, indie label, but is kind of a big indie now, right. Or right. A, a major indie um, or however you would slice that. Right. And there are like, uh, from the perspective of a lot of, um, really kind of small boutique indie labels um, matador might as well be a major label, label. Right. Um, And, uh, and, and, well, yeah, sure. From the, from
1: the, from the perspective of someone like dubbing one cassette at a time and like, (laughs) like, you know what I mean? Like hand draw, hand drawing individual J cards uh, with, you know, I don't know, with Crayola crayons, like this is definitely big business, right?
2: <laughs> Are you like describing my brother?
1: <laughs> is that what is that what he is that what is that what uh the band does?
2: I mean, he's like literally done that at one point or another in his
1: life. I, kn- I knew he had <laughs> no, like, released on cassette, but uh, yeah. yeah.
0: But then, then he he sold out then to a, a, a label that I cannot even remember the name of that was like a very small indie as yes. well and quote unquote sold out um, yeah. uh, and moved move from cassette to vinyl. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, and so there are all these different levels of, of scale. Yeah. Um, yeah it's it's very it's very interesting i mean so how does this all kind of reflect to the sound of this album and we talked about it a little bit but like what are the things you know in kind of thinking about how we're situating the the indiness of this and it kind of being on the like you know at least on the 90s side of this 90s 2000 taint um but that uh you know that what what is what what do you are the other things kind of concretely um as either types of sounds or types of lyrical moves uh, or specific examples that like um encapsulate some of this vibe
1: i mean i i i would say a couple of things one this is going to sound random out of left field but uh how high the bass is mixed right and how often the bass will like play a little melody and especially in the kind of the the poetry reading songs you know like actually that's the thing like the 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 feeling of the the feeling of the poetry reading right like is is to me one of the Right, one of the, uh, one of the things. Like the idea that, the idea that the album is willing to, uh, just not kind of not always be an album. Like if you imagine what is going on when music is being played, right? Like do you imagine a concert setting? Do you imagine a basement show? Someone's living room, right? And if you think about kind of setting, or if you think about this sort of the implied scene or the implied like uh, surroundings, um, this is is uh, heterogeneous, right? It's 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 kind of all over the place. Uh, there's uh, there's some harder rockers. There are some uh, uh poetry reading ones, and like that you know that to me was the thing like and I was listening to like um in high school even like internet internet radio stations where you you would download m p twos this is like before m p three there was a uh, or maybe even uncompressed audio um and that uh uh one was called the was called Yuma, the Internet Underground Music Archive. And this reminds me of a lot of songs that I was hearing uh, off of that. But uh, the other thing, I mean, the other thing that sticks out to me just in terms of the way it sounds is that uh, it's very non-confrontational, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. its like, you can, you can sort of do a, a continuum of indie music uh, as to like how much it screams fuck you at you, right? Like uh, oh yeah, uh, oh yeah, you like you like music with melody and harmony and chords and rhythms and instrumentation and stuff like that. Fuck you! And this is not that at all. It's happy to you know. It's it's happy to to please. It's just not particularly concerned with with um, being obliging. And even like uh, uh, in the, the the last track, fa uh, the um, like the guitar solo that ends it. You know that gets into a little more, um, a little more noise, rocky territory uh, with distortion, with kind of non melodic playing and just sort of noise and and stuff. Like it gets faded out. You know, it's like there's not there's not too much of that. It's like, it's, it's like, okay, well, this is, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna do this, but, uh, this isn't, this isn't for the album, you know? Um, and it's, uh, it is an interesting thing for, for me, how, um, especially given some of the other, some of the other, uh, quote unquote indie, uh, things in the decade, like how non-confrontational it is and how laid back it sounds. Um,
0: just as as a call. So for the, um, the poetry reading songs are those the one all the ones that kind of have the speak singing or there's a specific subset of those um or is it a different set that you're kind of no um, i
1: mean those are the 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 speak singing ones yeah are to me like yeah, the, yeah. the the poetry reading songs because yeah
0: this the slacker rap rock is what i call it <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah exactly because it's kind of pitched when he Talks the lyrics, and it's just a little rhythmic, but still conversational. (laughs) This is my impression of all the leads singing on the poetry reading songs. The bass is mixed high in the, you know what I mean? And it goes on from there.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly I, I mean, I, I think one of the things for me that it actually reminds me of is um is it's 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 kind of Becky. Right. Not, not Becky with the good hair, but Beck, Beck with
1: the good <laughs> hair. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> he had some he had some pretty good the, there were two Becks, right? Like Beck got a, a pretty good record deal where he could uh release yeah. uh Mellow Gold, Odelay, you know, and those, but then he got pretty much carte blanche to release his like weird experimental albums like uh One Foot in the Grave, Stereopathetic Soul Manure, and like other uh other records that I I had them on CDs. I was into Beck. And this, that is the Beck. That, that um, you know, not the, not the Buzzbin Beck, but the, uh, but the kind of the, the weird folk experimental Beck that, that this reminds me of, right?
0: Well, I think it's both, right? Because I mean, there is, I mean, even that the that that even Busbin Beck has a little bit of that kind of dry kind of not quite rapping, not quite singing, not quite uh, you know not not quite poetry reading kind of thing, right? Um, and and the, it, you know it, the um, I, I in the time they- of chimpanzees, I was a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? Uh, and, and and there there are those and there's a few elements i mean i think it like the the two that are kind of were the the buzzier ones was certainly Odalay um and then midnight vultures on the other side of this and Mid- midnight vultures kind of goes more explicitly into kind of rapping or kind of mock rapping um but that yeah i think that there is elements of that kind of you know, that there's the, these, a little bit of this, there's, there's some distance there in, in, I, I think that that, that is uh, in, that's in some of the Beck as well of, and I don't know if the, the if it's like exactly uh, archness is the word I'm going for. Um, but right. Like even, even like lines, like the, the uh, inquiring about the voice of Getty Lee, right. Um, or, you know, the, all of the kind of the ways I guess it's, it's the the movement of the kind of somewhat free associative lyrics that are like referential um but that uh, that that kind of don't entirely like add up right like so like stereo right when it uh, opens it up right pigs they tend to wiggle when they walk the infrastructure rocks and the owners hate the jocks with their agent in the and their dates if the signatures are checked you'll just have to wait and we're counting up the instance that we save tired nation so depraved from the cheap, cheap CS wave to the camera it took a giant ramrod to raise the demon settlement but high ho silver ride See, and again you end up doing it just in in doing it um and it's this that's that is a lot like uh, it reminds me of some of the of loser um or or some of the other kind of both ends of beck um in in that it's it's this like you know they're, they're all kind of have these like you know we didn't start the fire, but also where is the fire and what is a fire? And, uh, and, and, uh, and, 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 and hey
1: look over there, there's a moose. The rapid the moose oxidation also- of wood. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause I think the, like, like you mentioned we didn't start the fire and I think that's the other sort of like after 9-11, everyone got very earnestly political. We're right. And, like, kind of turned into We Didn't Start the Fire. And I do think this is nice <laughs> that this album is, like... It's like what's a fire? I don't know. like it's it's more like magnets. What are they? And it's like sort of <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. like <laughs> and it's and it's kind of whimsy Not that I'm saying it's like that, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, but there, yeah, there's like a
0: slacker slacker juggle right? Yeah, right?
2: no, and I think it's interesting though too, because I also then like see it as, you know, Matt kind of tied it to like the kind of like reality bite slacker thing, but. I I feel like that's on that aggressive slacker Gen X continuum because Ethan Hawk was such an asshole in that whole setup. Like, (laughs) and he was always glowering and like upset and all. And like, they really liked the violent femmes, which were all these like late eighties, like seething anger songs, you know? And so I, you know, I think it's, this is somehow like, somehow this, like somehow those people got to like the, to like a suburban, you know, 30-something lifestyle, and they're, like, pretty cool with it. And I feel like that is, like, the the vibe of this album. Um,
0: Well, it's Shady Lane, right? Is mm -hmm. like, is is that idea for, uh, specifically, right, in the chorus, right? Uh, Shady Lane, everybody wants one. A Shady Lane, everybody needs one. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God, oh your God, oh his God, oh her God. It's everybody's God, it's everybody's God, it's everybody's God, it's everybody's God. The worlds collide, but all that we want is a Shady Lane, right? And I think the sense of wanting that, you know, like that—that that sense of home and of of kind of like the kind of idyllic suburb, right? Not the kind of, you know, burned out kind of you know strip molly suburb, but the shaded suburb, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and that kind of universal ideal is kind of there, right? And I think that again, writing that as like a thirty something of like seeing that idea of domesticity seems to kind of be there, right? And 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 makes it kind of chill right mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. no i think so i i think i i do think um i think that description matt's description of non-confrontational is is right on there as well I, I mean just there's something about i don't know it's like there's a kind of taking pleasure in kind of like banal banter or something mm-hmm. or like finding the mm-hmm. kind of like a, yeah. a kind of poetry in like banal things, I guess, is, is kind of like how we describe some of like the, the lyricism of this album.
0: Yeah. Are, are there other like lyrics that, that come to mind um, for you with that?
2: Um, I think a lot of it, a lot of the lyrics are sort of like non sequitry or or yeah. they don't seem at first to kind of have like a like they're not telling like a specific narrative but even things like this Emery board is giving me a rash or, um, you know, kind of evoking the shady lane, you know, there's, there, you know, but w- within the same, you know, going the check, oh, there's a lot of checks that need to be split or signed for or going Dutch, you know, the people making the pot roast is amazing, right? Like there's just a lot of kind of this like collage of, of like, what what could be like banal small talk, right? And it's sort of put together in this way to kind of elevate the kind con- Elevate the the beauty in in these sort of like small banal moments.
1: Yeah, it's I mean in this in this song also like tell me off in the hotel lobby right in front of all the bellboys and the over friendly concierge right like why right. why you got to fight with me at cheesecake you know I love to go there.
0: <laughs> you know it's funny because like, <laughs> even when when you were doing the uh, speak singing I was like oh so the, so the so this is nineties Drake. Right? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: this is uh, DeGrassi rock, in other words, right? Because is... Drake in that era is is DeGrassi Drake, yeah. uh, <laughs> and so uh, yeah, th- there is something there. There is something oddly drakey about it but but like drake is more confrontational right that yeah the
2: pathos yeah Dra- like.
0: drake has some elements of this but i mean drake is weirdly like the kind of perfect piece he's the perfect late 90s kind of you know um you know star report to 9-11 throwback artist because he has both the um elements of the kind of chillness and kind of like indie adult contemporariness that this is kind of edging towards, but then also the kind of emo, the, the emo-ness as well, right? And the, the sense of kind of emo entitlement. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and whereas this is not really um, here on, on pavement, right? Um, no, it's
1: not It's not clear to me. Do you feel like this song is being spoken uh, in, uh, in our buddy Steven's voice, or is this like, do you feel like this is a, a persona? Is this like a character who is saying that uh, that's a good question you know and like because i feel like there's an there's kind of an irony uh, uh sort of a something about it gives me a sense that it's ironic maybe like a redder shade of neck on a whiter shade of trash and this emery board is giving me a rash just the kind of the the disjunction of those two images makes me think that like this is for ironic effect um or like no not me i'm an island of such yeah. great complexity yeah. you know
2: it's interesting because now as I like you asking that and looking at these lyrics, I'm now like viewing this is like the um, God, the talking head song
0: Oh, the once in a lifetime. Yes.
2: Like yeah. this is like this is like Pavement's answer to once in a lifetime oh. or something.
0: Right, This is not my shady lane. Yeah, <laughs> right.
2: And even because like even after the shady lane, right, like one of the great, great choruses of this album is the long. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Which which sounds kind of like a like a like a break. A, and, like uh,
0: having like, a break like. like
2: there's like a break there or something in then there, right? Like the guy like the voice is panicking or there's some sort of break there <laughs> yeah. between like the, yeah. the kind of the one voice and then and then one that starts going, Oh my god, oh, oh. my god, oh my god. Um <laughs> you know, for four lines, like
0: the song was going great. And then I had a panic attack. And
2: then I had a panic attack. Right. So it's almost, it's kind of like the, yeah, I wonder maybe this is like the rye kind of once in a lifetime or something. I don't Mm. know. Hmm. Huh?
0: I mean, I I think, I mean, I, I don't know. I think the other thing for me that like, um, that, that reminds me, of some of these like lyrical concerns or this mode um is old to begin i know that's mm. one that you like rachel oh, i love too. this song yeah um and i just i mean i oh the line the opening line um of embrace the senile genius watch him reinvent the wheel um i don't need your summary acts summary acts to give into the narrative age um and, and i don't know just the embracing the senile genius is like a, a i don't know the idea of I mean, I don't know, how do you... I I kind of read this as a little bit of a self-reflective, like... The senile genius is me, <laughs> right? Uh, of this sense of being, you know, it's it's especially of kind of um, being kind of inscrutable um, and uh, and you know both kind of inscrutable and resisting interpretation, um, and yet also kind of repackaging um, and recontextualizing, right? And and I don't know. It, there's this. There's a sense there of this kind of self dismiss or i guess it's like you know embrace the cena genius watch him reinvent the wheel is like this interesting kind of shrug of like whatever like
2: well i think it's interesting these like lines cuz to me it's like almost like saying you know there's something i weirdly kind of interesting here about like the idea that the maybe there's some there's something valuable about like not learning from what you know Or from, like, shrugging. To me, it's also kind of like a shrugging off convention, Hmm. right? And shrugging off, like, what you've learned. Yeah. Right? Like, that, you know, like, don't give it just in, like, that also, like, I don't need a summary, right? Don't give me your summary acts. You know, don't, like, it's like, by reinventing the wheel, you are, like, specifically doing something that you don't really need to do, like, in order to, like, get it, like, the value of, like, what that process is. And yeah. uh, so t- I think there's something interesting here too about almost like old to begin. Like, I don't know, like that they're in some like embracing, embracing like inefficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or like it, like the, 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 like the, that there's like a, by like, it's almost like the slow food movement or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like there's something to be learned by like not not uh not doing not like using the wheel
1: right (laughs) that i i wonder what is it i mean what does it mean to be old to begin right like why is it bad to begin when you're old what's the difference between being old and and being a, a beginner right like is it that the maybe the the like the characteristics of age one you know one imagines sort of Uh, this is like the senile genius reinventing the wheel, right? Like you'd think that, that, that he would know better, but like senile genius is kind of like the genius, not the wise genius, not the sort of, uh, Mm. uh, you know, sage, right. But like the, the guy who's kind of past his prime.
0: Yeah. I mean, or it's, I mean, it's interesting. Is it like also a little bit, it's one of these kind of paradoxical ideas, or or is it like a genius who everyone thinks is senile right is the other way of like kind of mm-hmm. viewing the senile genius right it's both right it's it is I, I think it's both the like the genius the once genius who now makes no sense um and the uh and the the uh, actual genius who's not recognized for for his genius um and i don't know and similarly i find like old to begin to be paradoxical because it's it's on the one hand, I, for me, evokes kind of teaching an old dog new tricks, mm-hmm. right? I guess that that's like the 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 issue or or problem or challenge in, in beginning when old is that you don't necessarily have that kind of flexibility uh, of mind or body that that you once did, right? Um, or, and, and those degrees of movements. But I think the other way I, I kind of read old to begin. Is, is kind of being old to begin with, right? And it's just kind of being per, perma-old, right? Um, and, uh, and, and having that sense of oldness, right? And, it's, and you get some of this um, uh, 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 in the last verse, right? Um, searching for latent cause, blame it on menopause, or perhaps stress and strain, credit cards, lumbar pain, uh, but I've seen your double dares, everything extraordinary. I know the things you do are going to come back. Um, and so, I don't know, I mean, it definitely is also, it, it's also engaged in this similar place as as Shady Lane, right? Um, uh, at least in this list, uh, in this list of, of old person stuff, right? <laughs> um, and um, I don't know. And but but I think that I mean, I guess that's what's interesting about the way that this verse unfolds, right? It's the first half is this list. Um, of the old person things. And, but then it's the, the double dares, everything extraordinaire, um, are kind of contradicting that. Right. And I know the things you do are going to come back. Um, and it's, it's unclear. Right. And, and so that has this ambiguity of whether the things you do that are going to come back are the old person things, mm-hmm. um, uh and that that those are they going to come back even as you try to be young or whether the young things will come back uh even as uh as the oldness um as the oldness creeps in i think it's there i think that they're they're it's it's both at the same time right there's a certain kind of cyclicality or or circularity there
2: that's yeah, interesting cuz i think that you now like frames it to me as in like the context of like a relationship where the people are not learning. They are like stuck uh, in this like cycle yeah. where uh, they, they keep forgetting like the way the di dy- and like repeating these dynamics mm-hmm. again and again and again. Um, and then it makes sort of like the idea of like reinventing the senile mm-hmm. genius, reinventing the wheel, then kind of takes on this like different edge, right? Like, now, to me, it seems almost like that, like, it's just this kind of descriptor of like what they are doing. Right. Mm-hmm. They It's like they are they are constantly they are constantly sort of like in like they are constantly like recreating whatever dynamic mm-hmm. they have again and again and again, um, which I think makes them sort of old. Right.
0: Right. Well, and then that goes back to that lyric in the second verse about drifting apart, right? Time came that we drifted apart, drifted apart, find an unidentical twin. Yeah, Matt, sorry.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I was I was gonna kind of um, say that, like, to me, like to to wrap up kind of a, a number of the themes that we've been that we've been talking about. Um, the song "We Are Underused" uh, is, you know, it seems to to touch on a lot of uh, a lot of these like um uh in in one of the verses of that uh the lyric comes uh, simply put i want to grow old dying does not meet my expectations let's let's drink a toast to all those who arrived alive uh to tell about their struggles in hushed tones around the fire uh what's a fire no um that uh you know and it goes uh, it goes on like there and the title like we are underused is is about sort of economic inefficiency right, right. Mm. like right. Right. we right. are we are not producing at our full potential yeah. you know yeah. um and that like the there's certain things there's certain things like the um uh certain things like it's it's unclear whether like the the level of sincerity to me like the the idea like uh uh let's thank the host you've been such a great host the roast was just so perfectly prepared you know is uh i'm not totally uh, i'm not totally sure if that's if that is actually like an expression of of appreciation or whether it's a kind of excoriation of you know middle class banality uh that um you know that kind of that sort of goes along but i guess if all we want is is a shady lane we've we've come around to the the allure of of boring suburbia uh a little bit and and are are okay to sort of sit around the fire and tell about our struggles in hushed tones right
0: I mean, it is. I, I, I've always kind of heard a little bit of this, like of like the way that this unfeel, uh, unfolds. Of a little bit, like let's thank the host. Uh, at, you've been such a great host, and I think that there's like the way he says host. Makes me think a little bit of like heavenly host, right? And then, but then it's, uh, and, and so that then there is this, you know, it's like, oh, let's thank the host. You've been such a great host. Uh, and then, and then there, and then like the roast, rhyming it with roast is this like, is this drop, right? And, and it's just like, um, like, no, like this is not like, this is not divine right this is not this um, this this kind of glorified kind of transcendent thing right that this is just a roast sometimes a roast is just a roast right um, right and it's kind of there earlier in this uh, uh, you know earlier in the verse about the mental energy you wasted on this wedding invitation right these things that are seemingly kind of divine or important as kind of uh, as kind of rituals are kind of a little empty, right? Like, but there. But it's also not raging against that, right? It's just kind of like uh, it's. It's again, it's shrugging them. Uh, yeah,
2: no, it's interesting because I like the idea of like the the host. Um, I don't know what like it's like. I like the idea is somehow like the host of the dinner party does like take on some sort of like, I I know you're saying it's not like that, but like the idea that they like what transubstantiate into some sort of other thing for everyone.
0: Take, take, (laughs) eat this roast beef. It is my body.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I do think you're right that that's sort of there. Um, And, uh, you know, I find it kind of interesting that uh, I don't know what that, what role that kind of serves, what it would become.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, what is the last summer but a pretty – a really awkward dinner party, right? <laughs> <laughs> um the, I, I mean, mean I
1: listen I, every dinner party I go to someone betrays me before it's over that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's uh, like uh in the next verse right when we're talking about sort of sitting around the fire uh let's drink a toast to all those who arrived alive to tell about their struggles and hushed tones around the fire it's late winter let's sink the ship mix our blood just the tip right like that that, that there is a kind of uh there is a sort of religious imagery right like the the blood, yeah. the blood of of the sacrifice, the religious sacrifice, the animal that is sacrificed for uh, uh, for the ro- for um, for the roast. And you you could actually like in the choruses of this song, the the part that ends, uh, "We are underused" is a little bit like "Now I know you care" or uh, "Now I know he's there," right? right? Like, and if you think of these as being statements about some sort of divinity you know like now <laughs> is this a christian rock song <laughs> i mean yeah a little bit right now i now i know you care the the you should be capitalized you know now i know he's there uh the the he should be capitalized and in that i mean in that context being underused is um you know, uh, is a little less of a shruggy kind of thing and a little more, a little more of a, uh, a little more of a tragedy, right? Because you, you sort of want to be, you sort of want to be used by the divine, if only because you want, like, as an artist, you want sort of divine inspiration for your work, right? And kind of being underused by, uh, you know, by a sort of heavenly agency is, um, you know, is, uh, no, is not great.
0: That's right. It's amazingly underused grace,
2: right? (laughs) I guess it is, like, the struggle of anyone, like, having, like, a relationship to to God, right? Is like, they generally feel like they want some sort of, like, grander purpose. And then they're, like, upset that, like, there has been some, like, clear communication about this. Like, you know, so I, I think, like, I do think as I, like, yeah, I feel like it's funny how I know never saw the dog is like having that a uh- having this kind of undercurrent and it's totally there <laughs> I mean what is it that all like religious people do other than say like well, what's my purpose God what <laughs> tell do you want me. tell me what do you want
0: me to do <laughs> do you want me to write this song okay right but this is like this is like shrugging back at an indifferent God when God, <laughs> when God shrugs shrug back right
1: yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's like this uh, right I mean and there is this like thing I'm reminded of this uh quote that we saw right there's this um daniel webster quote uh that is about that, that really struck us so there's this uh, well-known um rock formation in new hampshire that does not exist anymore uh called the old man of the mountain right and it's this it's, it, look, it was like the profile of a man's face um in uh in the in the white mountains of new hampshire in franconia notch and it's uh it's on like this st- on the license plate it's it's, it's kind of it's on it's, the it's state like an- it's
1: on the state quarter
0: Right, exactly, and it's this well-known thing. And there's this great quote, uh, and it collapsed uh, sometime, I think, in the '90s or early 2000s. But there's a great quote by uh, Daniel Webster where he says, "Like every, you know, every artisan hangs their what they make outside, right? A shoemaker has a shoe, um, a dentist has a tooth, uh, and 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 so God hung this to show that He makes man. <laughs> um, and so I think that like this is like the the converse of like you know this kind of indifference um uh in in the face of an indifferent god is is a kind of reflecting, right that there is this kind of in reconciling a sense of kind of not being able to have a plan and a crumbling of certain kinds of authority kind of reflecting that back weirdly is a kind of divine meditation right and a kind of um uh, uh, a kind of uh, a, a kind of communion with a a, a certain kind of indi- uh, indifferent God. Um, and so uh, it is time for us to uh, uh, to to commune with the, the indifferent God of the end of the
1: podcast. Um, so, well, Ryan, you've been a great host.
0: <laughs> the, the, the podcast
1: was
2: just so perfectly
0: prepared yeah, the podcast roast was perfectly prepared <laughs> um and and listen um you know if uh like um it's the most i can stand to cry about the mental energy that we wa- that we that we did not, not waste.
1: waste no not it's this this album. A,
0: this album is a fucking delight like it really is <laughs> It's a gift that keeps on giving. It is really good. I mean, I I I put it on last week, and I, you know, I, it's one I do break out from time to time. There's a you know, a few albums that just a, apropos nothing. I'll be like, you know, I'm going to listen to this. Um, and this is one, but it had been a, a minute since I listened to it, uh, and it it just it really perked me up like from the beginning of stereo uh, all the way through, and and it really just has. And again, there's just and we hit a lot of the good lines, but there's there's just. So so, so many um, that will jump out at you. So um, share your thoughts. Uh, tweet your favorite Malchmus couplet uh, at us, uh, at TFTPodcast, uh, or um, leave some comments on the show notes saying what some of your favorite lines here are, uh, whether this is your favorite Pavement album. I know that Pavement fans are pretty devoted. Um, this isn't everybody's favorite, or maybe even most Pavement fans' favorite, um, but I think that we are uh, a certain set of outliers here. Uh, I'm glad that you guys both enjoyed this album uh, as much as i did um, we're just uh nearing the end of, of our 90s stretch but we're in 97 so we're gonna hit, probably hit um a few more 20th anniversary albums before pivoting back to 1997. Um, not like there are any albums coming that are like advertised by custom made uh, advertisements on uh, UPS trucks um, that that are just being shoved down our gullets um, that we're going to have to talk about the
2: Cardi B album. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> That's the only album I want to see on a UPS
1: truck. I feel like we got. I feel like we got to go. Back and do another consideration of Hopeless Fountain Kingdom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Like there are a lot the, of the Nausea Creed version. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait till the the 48 track long odds, <laughs> odds and sods treatment of uh, of, of Hopeless Fountain uh, Kingdom because there are a lot of good albums out there, but none of them are Hopeless Fountain Kingdom. Um, <laughs> and and so that is that is forever. Uh, <laughs> So they will be uh, contending with and wrestling with. So, uh, so thanks as always for listening to TFT. Uh, and we'll see you next week and we will be keeping it real. <laughs>